the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. And I think of the promises that Jesus has made to us. That I will never leave you. And I will never forsake you. Lo, I am with you always. He will never depart from us. There's nothing the Bible says that can separate us from the love of God that is found in Christ Jesus. Paul tells us that one day we will go to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul says, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. I will never leave you. Nothing can separate you from my love. Do these sound familiar? They are Jesus' promises to you. Today, Pastor Dan tells more about Ezekiel's vision of the Lord promising to return through a gate, never to leave, only to establish his kingdom. Ezekiel sees Jesus' glory fill the temple and falls down at such greatness. If you desire to enter into God's kingdom, you must repent, change, turn from sin. Friend, train your ears, lips, and heart to cut out sin, to love Jesus wholeheartedly. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 44, for today's edition of Ring of Truth. And we're going to be in Ezekiel chapter 44, Ezekiel 44, as we are continuing our journey through the Old Testament. Uh, we've made our way to Ezekiel 44. There's only 48 chapters in Ezekiel, so we're almost finished. And then we'll go right into Daniel after this. And this is really an exciting time to be four chapters away from Daniel, because this is about the time that I'll start ordering commentaries for Daniel. So it's kind of like Christmas for me. You know, I always get excited when we start a new book because I get to buy a whole bunch of new books for it. And when we get to the minor prophets, some of those really small books, it's going to be like Christmas every month, you know, where we're just cruising, going through them. But Ezekiel 44, this last section of Ezekiel began in chapter 40. And in this final section, chapters 40 to 48, Ezekiel receives this vision of the kingdom age. We're currently living in the church age. Again, just as a review for us, the church age will end with the rapture of the church, where the church is caught up to meet the Lord in the air and taken to heaven to be with Jesus. And then at some point after the rapture, there will be the seven-year tribulation period. At the end of the seven-year tribulation period, Jesus Christ will return to the earth, and we will return with him. Uh, and he will set up his kingdom on the earth. And the kingdom age will begin, or the millennial reign, or the messianic age, when Jesus Christ is ruling as King of kings and Lord of lords on the earth, will be ruling with him. And those who live through the tribulation period will go into the kingdom age. Those who survive the tribulation 
period. And so again, Ezekiel is looking ahead to that kingdom age, at the end of, at the, end of the age to the kingdom age. When Jesus returns from heaven, he establishes his kingdom on the earth, and we are with him. And so the things that Ezekiel describes in these chapters of the kingdom age, they're for us. Uh, this temple that he describes in the kingdom age, we're going to go to that temple. And we're going to worship Jesus Christ in that temple. And you're going to think back when we went through the book of Ezekiel, and it's going to be amazing, Right? With all of these cubits and rods and thresholds and vestibules, all of it. In chapters 40 to 43, we were given a detailed tour of this kingdom age temple. And the temple that Ezekiel sees is the fourth temple. We talked about this last time we were together. There have been two temples already, historically. There was Solomon's temple. Uh, that was destroyed in 586 B.C. by the Babylonians in Ezekiel's time. After the captivity, there's the second temple that was built by Zerubbabel. So it's sometimes referred to as Zerubbabel's temple. Later, Herod the Great expanded it, so sometimes it's called Herod's temple. That's all the second temple, and that temple was destroyed by the Romans in 70 A.D. So those are the two historical temples And then there are two future temples or prophetic temples, the third and fourth temple. The third temple will be built by the Antichrist or during the time of the Antichrist. And that will stand during the tribulation period. Uh, And then the fourth and final temple will be built by Jesus Christ after he returns to the earth and establishes his kingdom on the earth. So Ezekiel is describing that fourth and final temple, the kingdom age temple. Sometimes it's referred to as the messianic temple or the millennial temple. And so he gave us this detailed description in chapters 40 to 43. Now we come to chapter 44 tonight. Uh, And in chapter 44, the Lord tells Ezekiel the regulations concerning this temple and those that can... Uh, serve in the temple and enter into the temple. If you look at verse 1, it says, Then he brought me back to the outer gate of the sanctuary, which faces toward the east, but it was shut. So he takes Ezekiel to the eastern gate, but it was shut. And the Lord said to me, This gate shall be shut. It shall not be opened, and no man shall enter by it, because, here's why, The Lord God of Israel, Yahweh God of Israel, has entered by it, therefore it shall be shut. This eastern gate. Now back in chapters 10 and 11, we saw the presence of God depart from Solomon's temple. Because of the sinfulness of the people and their refusal to repent of their sins and their unwillingness to repent of their sins. So God departed. God finally, after pleading with them through the prophets to repent and turn back, God finally just left because they refused to repent. And God departed from Solomon's temple through the eastern gate of Solomon's temple. And then in chapter 43, here in Ezekiel, the glory of God returns to this Millennial temple, this kingdom age temple, the glory of God returns 
through the eastern gate. And so God returns the same way he departed. And in chapter 43, the glory of the Lord filled the millennial temple. Verse 2 tells us that after the Lord God of Israel enters this millennial temple, the eastern gate will be shut permanently, indicating God will never leave again. God will never leave again. He's there to stay. And I think of the promises that Jesus has made to us, that I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you. Lo, I am with you always. He will never depart from us. There's nothing the Bible says that can separate us from the love of God that is found in Christ Jesus. Paul tells us that one day we will go to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul says, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. And we should comfort one another with these words. That one day we're going to be with the Lord forever and always. It's so wonderful to know that in a sense, the gate has been shut for us too. Jesus is never going to leave us. He's never going to forsake us or depart from us. So the gate's shut. And then in verse 3, it says, As for the prince, because he is the prince, he may sit in it, in the eastern gate, to eat bread before the Lord. He shall enter by way of the vestibule of the gate and go out the same way. So this prince is mentioned here in verse 3. And this prince prince is mentioned 14 times in chapters 44 to 47. And the question is, who is this prince? Now, some commentators believe that this is Jesus Christ. I don't believe it's Jesus Christ for a few reasons. Number one, in chapter 45, verse 22, this prince makes a sin offering for himself. Jesus was without sin. So he has no reason to make a sin offering for for himself. He is the sin offering. He died in our place on the cross as a substitute, the perfect spotless lamb dying in our place for our sins, the just for the unjust. But as we're going to see in chapter 45, this prince makes a sin offering. Plus, this prince has children mentioned in chapter 46, verses 16 to 18. Jesus, of course, wasn't married and didn't have children. So this prince is not Jesus. So who is he? Well, some believe this prince is David. David will be resurrected in the kingdom age. So it's possible this is David serving in a leadership role as a prince under King Jesus. If you you turn back to chapter 37, chapter 37, verse 25, this is one of the Big reasons why people think it may be David. Ezekiel 37, 25. It says, Then they shall dwell in the land that I have given to Jacob my servant, where your father dwelt, and they shall dwell there, they, their children, and their children's children forever. And my servant David shall be their prince forever. So there it says pretty clearly that David will be the prince, and that's why people believe that this is referring to David here in chapter 44 as the prince. There are others who say that this 
is a descendant of David and not David himself, that he's from the line of David, the fact is we don't know who this prince is. So just file this away. When you get there, bring the file back out, and you'll find out for yourself who this prince is in the kingdom age. Who knows, maybe it's Will Smith, the fresh prince of Jerusalem kind of thing. We can't be sure, but... So you've got this prince, and then verse 4, now, he says, And he brought me by way of the north gate to the front of the temple, and so I looked, and behold, the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord, and I fell on my face. Now, we have seen earlier in the book of Ezekiel, when Ezekiel sees the glory of the Lord, he falls on his face in the presence of the glory of the Lord. Elsewhere in the Bible, when people see the glory of the Lord, they fall down before him. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now. Search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. For example, in Revelation chapter 1, when John sees Jesus in his glory, it says, John fell at his feet as if he were dead. So, so John just dropped to the ground in front of Jesus in his glory. Every time Ezekiel sees the glory of God, he falls down on his face. This is how people respond to the glory of God in the Bible. And so, verse 5, And the Lord said to me, Son of man, mark well, see with your eyes and hear with your ears, All that I say to you concerning all the ordinances of the house of the Lord and all its laws, mark well who may enter the house and all who go out from the sanctuary. So he's going to tell him the ordinances or the regulations concerning the house of the Lord, specifically who may enter the house of the Lord, who may enter this temple. God is particular about who may enter his temple. There are requirements to enter. Just as God is particular about who may enter heaven. Not everyone will go to heaven. Jesus said the road is narrow that leads to eternal life, and there are few that find it. Jesus said there's one door to enter into heaven. There's one door to eternal life. There's one way to eternal life, and that's through Jesus Christ. You have to enter through Jesus Christ. And and here God has some specific regulations for those who can enter into this temple in the kingdom age. Again, remember, there will be people that survive the tribulation period. 
that enter into this kingdom age. So who may enter in? Well, look at verse 6. Now say to the rebellious, to the house of Israel, thus says the Lord God, O house of Israel, let us have no more of your abominations. When you brought in foreigners uncircumcised in heart and uncircumcised in flesh to be in my sanctuary to defile it, my house, and when you offered my food, the fat and the blood, then they broke my covenant because of all your abominations, and you have not kept charge of my holy things, but you have set others to keep charge over my sanctuary for you. Thus says the Lord God, no foreigner circumcised and uncircumcised in heart or uncircumcised in flesh shall enter my sanctuary, including any foreigner who is among the children of Israel. What God does here is he brings up the sins and the abominations the house of Israel committed previously that caused God to depart and leave. And God says, essentially, the sins and abominations you committed in the past must not be repeated if you want to enter my temple in the future. The Bible has a word for this. Repentance. Repentance. Who may enter in the house of the Lord in the kingdom age? Those who have repented of their past sins. Those who have turned away from their sins. Proverbs chapter 28 verse 13 says, Whoever confesses and forsakes their sin will have mercy. Whoever confesses and forsakes, turns away from. Isaiah 55, 7 says, Let the wicked change their ways and banish the very thought of doing wrong. Let them turn to the Lord that he may have mercy on them. Yes, turn to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. That's talking about repentance. Turn from your ways. Turn from Change your ways. When a a person turns from their sins and their wicked ways and forsakes them and then turns to God for forgiveness, God says, I will abundantly pardon that person and accept them. And it doesn't matter what you've done in the past. And it doesn't matter how long you've done it for. If you forsake your sin and turn to Jesus Christ and ask him to forgive you of your sins, he will forgive you of your sins. But you have to turn. There has to be repentance. There has to be a turning away to be accepted by God. In John chapter 8, there's the story of the woman who is caught in the act of adultery. And do you remember what Jesus said to her? He said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. He didn't just say, go. Or go enjoy the rest of your life. He said, go and sin no more. Forsake your sin. He calls her to repentance. Go and sin no more. And notice in verse 9 here, the Lord said, The uncircumcised in heart may not enter my sanctuary. Who, Who can enter in? Those with a circumcised heart. Circumcising the heart is another way of describing repentance. The idea of circumcising the heart is that there must be a cutting away in the heart of sinfulness and rebellion so that you can love God with all of your heart. 
so that your heart is not divided, so that your heart can be fully devoted to Jesus Christ and doing his will. In Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 6 says, The Lord your God will circumcise your hearts and the hearts of your descendants so that you may love him with all your heart and with all your soul and live so that you may love him with all your heart. Someone with a circumcised heart is sincere about removing sin and being devoted to the Lord. And here the Lord says, to enter my temple, to come into my presence, you've got to have a circumcised heart. You've got to circumcise your heart. You know, the the Bible mentions three parts of the body that need to be circumcised, spiritually speaking. The heart, the lips, and the ears. The heart needs to be circumcised so our heart can be devoted to God and not divide it. Our lips need to be circumcised so that we can honor God with our words. Remember James talks about out of the same mouth comes blessing and cursing. You know, sweet water and bitter water. And James says these things shouldn't be so. And so we need to circumcise our lips so that the words of our mouth may be acceptable to God, and our ears need to be circumcised. Jeremiah 6.10 says, To whom shall I speak and give warning that they may hear? Indeed, their ear is uncircumcised, and they cannot give heed. Behold, the word of the Lord is a reproach to them. They have no delight in it. An uncircumcised ear doesn't listen to the word of God and is offended by the word of God. A circumcised ear listens to the Word of God, delights in the Word of God, loves the Word of God, desires to hear the Word of God. And so we need our hearts, our lips, and our ears circumcised. Our hearts so we can be fully devoted. Our ears so we can hear the Word of the Lord and obey. And our lips so we can speak life to others. That brings us now to verse 10. Now watch what it says here. And the Levites who went far from me, when Israel went astray, who strayed away from me after their idols, they shall bear their iniquity. Yet they shall be ministers in my sanctuary as gatekeepers of the house and ministers of the house. They shall slay the burnt offering and the sacrifice For the people, and they shall stand before them to minister to them. You should note that in verse 11. Because they ministered to them before their idols and caused the house of Israel to fall into iniquity, therefore I have raised my hand and an oath against them, says the Lord God, that they shall bear their iniquity and they shall not come near me to minister to me as priest nor come near any of my holy things, nor into the most holy place, but they shall bear their shame and their abominations which they have committed. Nevertheless, I will make them keep charge of the temple for all its work and for all that has to be done in it. Now, the Levites, as you probably know, they served in the temple, but he mentions here in verse 10 that the Levites have gone far from me. In Ezekiel's day, they did. 
Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan as we study verse by verse through the book of Ezekiel. In Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 26 through 27, the Lord says, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statues and be careful to obey my rules. No matter how far away you stray from God, He never gives up on you. He always offers restoration and hope, even after you might reject it. What a gift and what love. If you'd like to hear this message again or more from Pastor Dan, we encourage you to visit our website, calvaryec.com. We also encourage you to find a church home that will help guide and support you in your walk with Jesus. If you're ever in or near the Columbia, Maryland area, we'd love to have you join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Each week, we gather together at 10 a.m. on Sunday to worship our Savior and study God's Word. And we'd be honored to share that time with you. Check out calvaryec.com to find directions and to learn more about the church behind this ministry. Again, that was Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. We're so glad you joined us today, and we pray this message has been a blessing and encouraged you in your faith. Pastor Dan will have much more to share from the book of Ezekiel when you tune in again, right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice, and it only takes It's true.